This is Fish and Fries, an American soccer podcast. I'm Andrew, and this is my co-host, Spencer. We want to bring you an American perspective on the world game. Welcome to Fish and Fries, an American soccer podcast on one of the best days to be an American soccer podcast. I am Andrew here with Spencer. Spencer, 1-0 America through to the knockout stages. Andrew, we got to start here. You introduced the wrong podcast. This is not Fish and Fries. This is an episode of American Propaganda. Welcome. (laughs) This is purely going to be... I kid, I kid. We will have, like, I have some thoughts, some bad thoughts, some concerns and stuff, but this will be, what, 95% American propaganda podcast, Andrew? Oh my a propaganda pod, what do you think? I'm I'm all for it. I spent most of my morning hunkered down at work, nervous about this game in a way that, like, caring about something for eight years can only really manifest, right? I just had, like, a not a bad feeling. I believe in the team. We've been playing well generally. But just that, like, uh-oh, today's, today's the day. Today it all counts today. Um, but 1-0 America over Iran. Don't want to offend any reporters or anything bugging Tyler Adams, but we won the game. Spencer, we are through to the knockout rounds. We got the Dutch on Saturday, my man. Yeah, the Dutch on Saturday. We'll, we'll – uh dive into the dutch this is mostly going to be a reaction pod i think we'll we'll get into the dutch on our pod later this week when we go through like all the knockout round fixtures we'll spend as you can oh so trust with us we'll spend a lot of time talking about our boys but today's a day of celebration andrew today we're celebrating the praises of uh dare i call him big game greg figuring <laughs> it out and another big game another one nil in a big game uh yes sir the boys, they they pulled it off. It was, you know, a bit stressy. I would like if they would just go play teams <laughs> off the pitch and score five goals and not raise my blood pressure and take a couple years off of my life. But that's not the way big game Greg does it. He likes to grind these things out. He likes to keep us all really on the edge of our seats for 95, I should say more like 110 100. minutes. <laughs> But at the end of the day, the boys are through, Andrew, and it's a great day to be a fan of the USMNT. Yes, sir. I mean, you got just some incredible moments, right? Just to kind of even just off the top of the head here, right? The Pulisic goal in the 38th minute, just absolutely getting hammered uh, on that goal. A great little cross by or a swing by McKenney out to Des. Des puts it back into the box. Goal. Tyler Adams everywhere, all over the field. Tim Ream, Cameron Carter Vickers, for the most part, stepping up, playing well. Just a beautiful game. The the beautiful game from the beautiful game. Just beautiful. I love yeah, it. the boys. They boys, they needed a win. They hadn't won at this tournament yet, obviously. We all knew that coming in. Knew they needed a win, and you gotta give it to them. They they showed up. I I said goals, plural. <laughs> The other day would be the key to this game. There was goal, no S on the end, but that was enough. And 
this is a very stream of consciousness thing. We're just sitting here bullshitting about the boys, but you know, something's standing out huge to me is that in tournament football, you got to be able to keep the ball out of the back of your net and they're not scoring a ton, Andrew, but you know, the two goals and only one against in three games, it's, it's enough to get them through and their defensive record, something we were super worried about with this team is their defense coming into this (laughs) tournament. And they only give up one goal, the entire group stage. And it wasn't even to England, the best team they faced probably. So I don't know. There's just, there's a lot of positives to take. There's things to be worried about, like I said, but happy, happy, man. Yeah, it was, it it was beautiful. Kind of get to get into kind of the breakdown here. Um, Just kind of a rough front to back uh, or back to front there. But what were you thinking at, I think it was game started at one. So I'm going to say like 1145 today when that lineup comes out and three letters come into your stream of consciousness. C-C-V. Cameron Carter-Vickers off the bench into the starting lineup next to your boy and fellow St. Louisian, Tim Ream. What were we thinking? <laughs> what, was the first, what was the honest first thought? What was the honest first thought? The honest first thought was, what the fuck? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, and don't get me wrong, we uh, criticized Walker Zimmerman for some of his passing the other day. He's been very good defensively outside of one dangly leg against one Gareth Bale. Yes. But generally, I think that we both liked Walker Zimmerman in this tournament. And it was more a matter of this guy hasn't started for the U.S. in a long time. And obviously, the first time Greg did that, because that was the case with Tim Ream, that's worked out swimmingly. That's been absolutely poetry in motion that Tim Ream's never been in the team and he's been fine, but two guys that have never started together in Ream and CCV originally, you know, I'm very panicked about that, but all credit to CCV, man. He was fantastic tonight. I thought he was one of the better players on the pitch. How about you? I I do. I I really did too. I think there was one moment early where uh, I want to say it was Tyler Adams, but he like played off of Taremi, I think, kind of in like a transitional moment. And Adams absolutely read him the riot act. Like a good captain came over. You've got to be pressing up on these guys and making plays. And um, after kind of a couple minutes to find his sea legs, I, I thought he was really good. I thought I, I <laughs> taking it back to what you what I originally thought. I was absolutely worried just because I was like, you know, if it comes down to a header, right? If it comes into a a ball into the box or something like that late or early. I do think Walker Zimmerman's the better option, right? Just on that one skill set alone. And he actually, Zimmerman ended up coming in and doing that at the end of the game, right? They went to an impromptu five at the back, five. Yeah, four, I was going to say, we still back. got plenty of, we've still got plenty of Walker Zimmerman headers out of the box late. <laughs> and, but like, it's almost like, okay, Kim Carter Vickers, he's like a very solid all around defender, right? But like, what does he do, right? It's, a lot of times with the defenders, it gets boiled down to like, well, Zimmerman's great in the air, and Reem's a great passer, and Aaron Long's very fast. And it's like, oh, what if we just play the guy playing at probably the second highest level behind Tim Reem, Celtic, and let him just kind of do his thing? And he did, and it was great. Yeah, and I think... In general, I find the Fox broadcasts of these games, of any USMNT game, to be a bit 
you know, I, I joked at the beginning of this pod and saying that this is American propaganda. I find very much the Fox broadcast, which is the home team broadcast, to be fair. Yes. But I find them very American propaganda e. And so a lot of the time I take a lot of what they say with a grain of salt, like when they're we'll get to people we didn't like, but like when they're like, you know, <laughs> beefing up Shaq more, I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> but that's, that's doing we'll the Lord's there. work is, uh, yeah. we'll, we'll get there. Not to, not to go too far ahead. We'll get there. But so one thing they said about CCV, uh, early on in the game is they mentioned how when they asked Greg about why he decided to choose CCVs today, he referenced Greg. That is, he referenced that at Celtic, Obviously, a team that's pretty far and away, typically, if not the best, one of the best teams in the Scottish Premier League. Mm-hmm. Regularly and, in the Champions League. Right. And he referenced specifically how that's a team that's typically dictating the pace of play, and they're going against teams that are sitting back quite a bit. So CCV and a game where we thought Iran would sit back, and they very much did in the front first half. Um, that he's used to playing that style of play against that style of team. And honestly, you can't, uh, you can't fault it. I don't think, cause he didn't make much of a step wrong. He, he looked like he was comfortable out there. He was passing. Well, he passed better than Walker Zimmerman. I thought that was for sure. And basically you needed him and Tim Ream specifically in the first half to clean up Iranian counterattacks when they were trying to launch those long balls over the top and try to catch us out. You needed them to cut out those balls and cut out those angles for those onrushing attackers. And they did a great job of it, Andrew. Um, they were for two guys that they've never played together. You wouldn't have known it. That's how I felt no. at the end of the day. No, they, they had good chemistry. And what a lot of the U S was doing in that first half specifically is they're getting Jedi Robinson flying up the left Serginho Dest isn't as far forward, but he still always needs more defensive cover on that side anyways. And that's where they were playing those long balls is trying to get him out like to Remy on like a big diagonal run kind of right as like an outlet ball. And outside of the one time where Tyler Adams kind of read him the riot act a little bit, like they handled those, they cleaned it up. I, I think that's a really good point. And I think, uh, Oh, who is it? It's John strong and Stu Holden, right. Bringing up that mm-hmm. like Celtic thing is a really good point. Cause even like, as much soccer as we watch, unless Celtics playing in the Champions League, right? It's not on the agenda for the weekend, right? So I'm happy to learn something while they watch. And I know that the casual viewer has no clue about this rotund dude, Cameron Carter Vickers, who's just out there now. They might get me to watch for like an old firm derby with like them and Rangers. If I, if I'm, if I'm, I hear that game's coming up this weekend and I'm on ESPN Plus and I see it on there. Sure. Sure, I might sure, kick sure. it on then, but yeah, I'm not watching a ton of Celtic versus, you know, hearts or whatever in Scottish right. Aberdeen comes to town. Oh geez. What are we going to do? Yeah. Not um, typically on my agenda, but like it, but it's nice to have another guy we can go to and kind of trust there. I think it will be interesting to see who they go with next game, not to get too far ahead of ourselves. I mean, um, but we kind of talked about the right and left back a little bit. I thought the midfield was great. Pulisic was incredible. Wea was really good. I, I just loved how this team played today, man. Yeah, before we get like too far ahead, I, I mean, I don't know. What else do we say about Tim Cream? I mean, Tim Ream. <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> oh, no. Tim the American Dream? No, absolutely. He's, Cream. He's, dream. Whatever letter you want to put. that. Oh, yeah, all of them. 
all the references. Tim Reeves been awesome this tournament, man. And it's just, I don't know. I don't know what else to say about it. We've, we've been on two podcasts. We've reacted like the U.S. team. We've creamed about Reem so much that I don't think we have to say it again. He was just fantastic today again. He had one or two like like slight missteps, but he more than made up for it. He got back. He he never put the team in like real, real danger, I thought. So I don't know. I, I don't have a ton more to say about him. Um, the fullbacks I today. I thought just re- on Reem real quick. He yeah. does this so much, and I hate to say it every time. Like he does such a good job of stepping up to pressure and continuing when America's got people pinned back or they're pressing or anything like that. And eventually, someone tries to slip a ball through to a forward. If you are on Tim Ream's side of the field, he's stepping in front of you, deflecting it to Tyler Adams and the U.S. And you're back on your heels again as a defender. He's on their back, right? Like, like right as they receive the ball every time. I feel every like every time, time they try to play to that. Step. And like. I'll be honest. I don't know how you know when to go and when not to go. Right. This is a people who love soccer. This is not a podcast of people who played a lot of soccer. Right. But just being able to read the game that well, it's like it's almost like just because he's older doesn't mean he shouldn't play. Maybe he has more experience. And I I appreciate Greg just basically keeping him away from the team for a couple of years so that Greg didn't ruin it. Right. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't get that Greg stink all over him. He's just like, yeah, I come in. I play center back. Center back's fun. It's great. Um, but yeah, no, uh, the fullbacks, we had Robinson and Dest. Dest, I would say, had another really good game from him. I thought Dest was really pretty anonymous in the first game, but he played well against England. He really played well here today. He's gotten better every game this tournament, I feel like. Dest in particular, he's, we said after the first game against Wales, he looks like somebody that hasn't played a lot of football recently, and obviously that was the case with the injury he was carrying into the tournament and he looked a lot better against England and tonight was by far I think the best performance of the three he obviously gets the assist on the Pulisic goal he made a beautiful run he was he was making nice runs all night I thought he was bombing around he was all over the place he seemed to be getting back on defense not really like allowing anything to go down that wing and um, if you didn't think he played good, I don't want to go too far ahead again. Like I said, I'm already shitting on him twice already in the same podcast, but if you didn't <laughs> think he played that good, like you definitely noticed when Shaq Moore came on, there was something different Ooh. going on out there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think Shaq Moore's nickname has to be Shaq less is more. The less we see of him, the more I like him. And the more I see of him, the less I like him. Um, but again, not to shit on the guy who came in and did a job. Right. Um, but like, you bring that up and it's just like, oh, okay. When Serginho Des is out there, we have like true international level, like quality player, right? He's a threat when the ball comes to him. He's not the best, you know, defender, right? Compared to other right backs and stuff like that, just on an island, but he does well enough. And we need somebody who's going to get forward and put balls into the box. That run, he makes that run on the uh, the pass from McKinney and then hits it over to Pulisic. He makes that run from so deep and at such a perfect angle that it was just like, oh, if we don't score here, like this will be open for it again, right? Like this is a thing we can do, and it's happened in other games too. And just a really great game from Dest. He uh, he didn't look like he wanted to kill Greg Berhalter when he came off today. So everyone's growing. Everyone's improving. <laughs> He's probably tired today. He was running. He's making all these great runs, like a million great runs in the first half, I felt like. like I, I, most of the good things that came from the team, I felt, were – going through him a high 
proportion of the time they were going through Sergi Nudest in some way. Like he played a really nice one, two with way I believe over there. And that led to a chance. And yeah, he just, everything that was good was coming down that um, right side of the field. I felt like in the first half for the oh, team yeah. offensive wise, but yeah, I, I think we both are in step. He was super good. Uh, Jedi Jedi Robinson. That is, I think he had a very good game too. Mm-hmm. He had some suspect touches, like some just really, really heavy touches, like touches he's, that he's a little, uh, Zardesy almost. Yeah. Right? He gets running. And if he hits full speed, it's like his one move is to like push the ball past you. Right. Which is like, to me, like what a kid, a fast kid on the playground would do. And, he has really good touch. He's a really good player. I feel like it was almost kind of a normal good game from Anthony Robinson, right? Like we can come to expect and kind of count on him getting up and down the left side, but not, you're right. He had, he had a couple nervy moments there and just lost the ball more than I think any of us would like. Yeah. I think he just seemed a little trusted his pace a little too much in some circumstances, particularly against a team that's going to sit back and, try not to get beaten one-on-one. Uh, he was trying to push it past guys and they were giving him space and rather than keep the ball tighter and maybe keep that space, work that space a bit more that he had, he was trying to push it ahead, try to push the pace of the game, which I always respect, but when they're not pressing on you, particularly down that left side, they weren't pressing on him in the first half, I felt, because... Um, something I notice, like we said, we're not tactical geniuses or anything here, but something I really notice is in the first half before Christian obviously had the goal and got hurt and everything, they were playing really, really tight to Christian and mm-hmm. they were trying to take away all the space from Christian to not let him do something creative and be a offensive driver on this team. So I felt like that was leaving a lot of space for Jedi in particular, because he's going down the same wing. And at times, he, rather than taking that space he already had, he was trying to create more space when it wasn't necessary. But I think overall, he had some good moves down the left. They, I mean, he looked competent out there. He was doing a good job defensively. I thought he was getting back. He was His work rate is just awesome for this team. He was bombing oh. around the whole place. And overall, yeah, I mean, I'm to be critical of a couple of touches but i thought he had a really good game today also yeah and and he's one you like you take the good and the bad right like that speed is like sometimes too heavy of a touch but it is always just flying back like on defense when the ball gets like turned over or something else happens it's like you know if i wasn't so horribly scared and concerned about how this game was going it'd be fun to just like watch him like watch where he is when the ball gets turned over to where he ends up and how long it takes him to get there cuz i feel like he just like speedy gonzalez runs in a straight line as fast as he can back to where he's supposed to be um great call on kind of the tactical stuff from greg with pushing pulisic inside getting robinson up the wing they do that a lot um not jedi's best game but again like a really solid, a really solid performance. Somebody we can absolutely count on as a nailed on left back there. Yeah. Like I said, I thought his work rate was awesome and a perfect segue. If we're talking about work rate is a guy I've decided I'm going to, I'm just going to dub him the magic eraser. Uh, That is Tyler Adams because he's just Mr. Clean magic erasing every 
every time I feel like every time. every time I feel like something's like, oh, this is a scary counterattack. Uh oh, they've got some space over there. It's like, oh, Tyler Adams, he's in there and he intercepts it, and the ball's in the other team's half now. Or right. Tyler or Adams is making a thirty-yard run back, and he comes up behind, and he makes this great tackle, and we've got the, we have the ball again. I, this guy, obviously, we all knew he was really good. We all really liked Tyler Adams. I think that at times in CONCACAF when we're playing teams that aren't so offensively gifted, not to say that Iran's the most offensively gifted team in the world, but they Mm -hmm. are a solid, you know, I believe they're ranked 20th in the world coming into the game today. They're competent in an attack like Taremi. um, We've obviously mentioned him a few times, very good Mm -hmm. player. Usman, um, whoever it was Usman, on their team that yeah. kept nutmegging our players in the first half and was just yeah. driving me up the wall. That one nutmeg was one of the nastiest <laughs> ones so I've gross. ever seen. The one little like back rollback <laughs> one, yeah. But I think that was on Jedi in just a dead sprint the opposite direction. Yeah. But, like, thank God Jedi was fast and he just ran back towards it. But <laughs> um, yeah, I ran a competent offensive team they set up more defensively, but there are some good offensive players there. And when we get to see Tyler Adams play this type of role against teams that have a lot about them offensively. I think this is, we're really starting to see like Tyler Adams unleashed a bit. If you haven't watched him week in and week out at Leeds while he's been there in the premier league, we're getting our first chance to kind of see him in a U.S. uniform go against top opposition attacks and just be all over the place. And honestly be, Look, I've watched a lot of games in this tournament. I think you got to say he's been quite possibly, if not the best, one of the best defensive midfielders out there oh, yeah. so far. And and we're always going to be biased as we're watching the U.S. games way more closely than everybody, all the other games, right? But um, you, this is exactly what you saw happening this year in Le- at Leeds, and you kind of heard about it happening in the Bundesliga, but then he wouldn't play for a little bit. And because it's like not a league, everybody's watching all the time, right? It was kind of hard to keep track of like, okay, well, I guess he's not playing today. I don't know if he's hurt or whatever, but like he's of like the kind of the big three young Americans in this group, right? Pulisic, McKenney, and um, Tyler Adams. He has just been like on such a rocket ship, man. Just like with the respect of the team, like being named captain, an awesome thing. Um, I kind of referenced it earlier, but an Iranian journalist tried to kind of shit all over him with some questions like, you're not even pronouncing our country right. Like, it's not Iran, it's Iran. Like, and then asked him something about like, oh, what was the question? But he was basically trying to get like the captain of the U.S. to say something bad about America. And Tyler Adams just like apologized for not saying the country's name right. Danced all over this dude's question, gave a great answer. And that's what he's been doing this whole tournament. He's just like, he sees a problem. He fixes the problem, moves the ball back up the field, and yells at whoever's fault it was. He saw he sees the problem, solves the problem, gets the ball back up the field, let's get back going again. Like having him be like the captain of the team, and like there's a great video after the game of him like walking around seeing the USA chant with the team. Like, I'm ready to just oh captain my captain, stand on the table for the guy. Like, it's been incredible. Magic eraser, dude. On and off the pitch. Mr. Clean, magic eraser. We should get him to shave that head and he'll just really be bombing around out there. No, like that's Mike. You just you just love Michael Bradley. I know you. You're trying to get a CDM with a bald head. That's just right. I'm going to need you to stop spreading lies on this podcast. We have a platform now, Andrew. You just asked our CDM to shave his head. 
<laughs> and called him Mr. Clean. That's Michael Bradley. We had that for 20 years, bud. Yeah, I um, <laughs> no comment. We're just gonna move along to somebody else. You said what field. you said. We got a platform now. Uh, <laughs> Will you stop shitting on my segue here? Because we got other midfielders to talk about, and the one I'd like to talk about next is the birthday boy, Eunice Musa. This guy, I, I don't want to look. He made a couple mistakes in this game, a couple little things, but this guy is just. One thing that stood out to me like more than anything is he made a bunch of nice plays. He's he's box to box, just so doesn't sweet. even start to <laughs> describe it to me. He's back oh. on defense. He's up in the attack. Like that one slide tackle he had from behind in the second half where he just came so, in like the Iranian yeah. player thought he was going to bust through the midfield, launch a counterattack. Here's so, Eunice Musa out of nowhere, a la Tyler Adams, slide tackle from the back. U.S. is back in possession. Um Beautiful. 20 years old, man. This guy is so good, and thank God, uh, like we referenced last time, that this guy chose to play for the U.S. <laughs> he's, he's the smoothest midfielder. Not I've ever seen, but God, man, he just gets the ball, and when he decides to turn, he's like, oh, just went by you, just went by you, and I know I've said that before, but he just keeps doing it. He went on kind of a Gio Reyna Mexico run through the midfield there remember early in the second half he kind of got the ball in a turn and went around about two or three people like it was nothing and like I I love the body he seems like the nicest kid right because he's out there and like clearly tired like just clearly has nothing left when they have no subs at the end of the game and all of the Iranian attack was happening on his side and he's just giving it his all and then like a foul happens or something, he's immediately gassed. <laughs> he's immediately just like, I have no energy left. Oh, the ball's in play? Run around, do everything. Like, um, outside of that atrocious free kick, which I hope we never have to see again, um, especially with Kellen Acosta on the field. We'll, we'll get to it. But, like, outside of that, like, another just near, like, perfect game, right? Part of a great midfield, does what he's asked to do. Let's McKenny be McKenny, and he lets Adams be Adams. He's always there to kind of link the three in the midfield. Yeah, I think in all seriousness, I I, I think that him, Musa that is, and McKenny are both just really good box to box guys. And when you got a guy like Tyler Adams behind them to let them just kind of roam around the pitch and do their thing, be a little bit more free, and Tyler Adams will clean up whatever messes they might create. This midfield's firing on all cylinders to me um on mckinney i don't have a ton on mckinney i just thought it was a kind of classic western game kind of set the tone mm-hmm. for this team he was bombing around the pitch he looked good in the first half my biggest takeaway on mckinney was that you really noticed when he wasn't on the field when he was mm-hmm. replaced with acosta <laughs> yeah. which is a theme with the subs and we'll dive into the subs a little more later but um i don't know do you have anything specific on mckinney otherwise i just thought oh. another another solid performance nothing another solid performance another solid performance He's clearly not at 100% because, like, Weston McKinney at 100% plays 100 minutes in Azteca, right? Gets on headers and that kind of thing. So he's clearly not at 100%, right? Which is crazy considering how good the midfield is. If you told me, like, hey, McKinney's not going to be at 100% and we're going to have the best midfield in every game we've played so far, I'd have been like, no shot, right? Coming into the tournament, I would be like, yeah, no way. But he's been great. The thing I noticed most when – uh and this kind of gets us up into the forwards there, is because Aronson had to come on for Pulisic, right? Instead of the usual sub of him for McKenney, right? Where his energy and stuff like that is still good. 
I really noticed it when Acosta came in, right? You talked about like, the level drop. Um, and Acosta didn't do anything wrong. He's in the right position. I wish they would have let him take a, take that free kick just because we've seen him score those in before for the U.S. He scored one in, they mentioned it on the broadcast, in the uh, um, the MLS Cup final, right? He scored on a free kick. Like, let the guy take it, right? Pulisic's not in the game. Aronson's crosses weren't anything crazy, right? Like, let him hit the ball. Yeah, and I would agree with that. Um, I think let's – eh, we can do sub talk a little bit now because I, I don't know. I don't want to spend 20 minutes at the end of this podcast just shitting on Shaq Moore and – We might have to. I, um, I, I don't know that I can control it. When I said that they'll be bad, <laughs> that, that was – yeah, the bad. I didn't think Acosta was – as bad as like Shaq Moore because I thought Shaq Moore no really it was very noticeable like I mean the guy came in and it wasn't a handball but like almost his very first contribution to the game was giving them a handball penalty it was like at least nervy <laughs> enough to make me in the whatever it was 75th minute like have my heart in my throat but oh yeah nonetheless I, I, I don't know I don't want to sit here and shit on people I I thought Jad but he was not that great Acosta coming in for McKinney just my biggest takeaways. I didn't think he did a ton wrong. I just thought that you very much noticed that it wasn't Weston McKinney in the game anymore. And it just felt like that midfield wasn't as on the same page as they are when you have that whole MMA intact. You know what I mean? I just think mm-hmm. that it's something that as this tournament goes along and it will go along for at least one more match you definitely notice there's a drop off in areas of the pitch when we bring our subs in, which is a bit of a worry. Um, And the nine, which we'll kind of move with the forwards here in a second, but yeah, like Haji, right. I I thought that, and you know, I think it's a difficult situation. I don't think they planned on bringing him in. It was the Sergeant injury that even sprung that. So I think it was a quite quick, like, Hey, let's get this guy on. And it might be a matter of we're seeing a lot more Haji Wright this tournament now because that sergeant <laughs> injury did not look good. And I thought Haji Wright, we talked about it after the England game. I thought he was quite he did solid yeah. in the England game. But yeah, today it was a lot more underwhelming. That might have more to do with the fact that I thought Sargent before his injury was doing a lot of things really good today. It was one of his better games in a oh, yeah. US kit, I thought. Yes. He was doing a great job holding up. He was an outlet. He was supporting the offense. He was getting – he seemed to be in a really like a free-roaming role, Sergeant, and that he was really moving around to the wings a bit too and driving offense. I, I was really impressed with him. It kind of sucks that he got that injury and it didn't look good, and I don't know if we'll see him again, but I, I thought he was good today. Yeah, Sergeant was very good today, right? Um, Going against a very compact back line, right? It's always going to be hard to find spaces, but you're right. He's dropping into midfield. His hold-up play was fantastic. I don't think he gets enough credit for that, right? And then he also does that thing that a lot of strikers do of, before playing the ball down the right-hand side, he just makes a diagonal run to the corner, right? Just to get the ball up the field, just to open up space in the middle. And I think he works really well with... um, Pulisic and Aronson and or, uh, and Tim Weah in that way because he's he's just constantly moving right he's always where you need him to be yeah speaking of uh diagonal run to the corner just to move off the sub thing when Haji Wright didn't take that ball to the oh, corner in the last minute my god I scared it, my dog I was yelling 
Holy shit, man. Doesn't take it to the corner and puts one of the worst shots on goal I've ever seen. That was, if Iran would have somehow come back to the other end and scored. Goalies, goalies uh, don't even warm up with shots that tame. That's what I'm like, saying. <laughs> if, if somehow Iran comes down and scores off of that, Haji Wright can never wear a U.S. kit again. No, but, he, just, he just has to live in Qatar. He's he's there now. Just stays he there? A job at the stadium? I don't know. Yeah, they got uh, that, a that, league, that works right? out really well for people to get jobs at the stadium. <laughs> oh, great point. Never mind. Come on, Andrew. I didn't say we had to kill you. him. We love you. Go back to Alante Aspor, whatever that Atlanta sport. Man, can talk about stuff you can't say. Atlanta Aspor. Um, but yeah, man, just just absolutely brutal. Um, I thought he was I, – I didn't think there was even a chance he turned to goal just because I'm like, it's Haji Wright, right? It's not like Pulisic where if he goes and makes that move, maybe you give him the benefit of the doubt going like – Polisic, Coffin, he's the great player. Way has been hot. Aronson's been really good. It's Haji Wright, man. Go find a corner flag. You're there to hold the ball up, right? You're there to be an outlet and have fresh legs. Like, I know it's the sergeant injuries why he's in, but, like, you're there to do a job. Go hang out with the corner flag, man. If you go down to that corner flag, I don't care if you ever get back in transition. Just, just hang out at the corner flag. Yeah, I imagine that'll be a topic of – the film study leading up to this Dutch game <laughs> with Greg. I would sure hope so, but that's, that was my big thing. I, I did think he wasn't as effective as Sargent was in hold up play and stuff. But like I said, that might have more to do with the fact that I don't necessarily think that was the sub they were planning on making. It was just a matter of Sargent getting a knock. And I guess I, I don't know. We might have to get used to Haji, right? Cause if I would judge it off of, the way that Greg has played this team in, and I'm, I'm going ahead too much, but the way that Greg's played this team in the first three fixtures, if you look at it, the teams he thought would sit deeper, he's played Sargent, and the team he thought would be more attacking, he played Haji Wright. And I would imagine you think that's going to be the case with the Dutch as well. But So we might see more Haji Wright. We'll see what happens. He needs to be more at it than he was today. If there was ever a game that was crying out for Jesus Ferreira, which I don't know if there is outside of the MLS, but like a guy to just come in and basically be another midfielder with his pressing and pressure on the ball and all that stuff it was jesus ferreira today man like that would have been the only move i think of just like i don't know man haji right go ahead i i don't tend to like i'm not the biggest jesus ferreira fan but the jesus ferreira thing is like weird he's been greg's guy forever and he's just like oh we're just not gonna worry about this guy at all like it's obviously being overshadowed by the Gio Reyna thing, which we can talk about a little bit. Let's let's go through the other guys first. We'll get to the Gio Reyna thing a little bit more. We talked about it yesterday a bit, but I, I don't know. It's just I, I thought so too. I thought Jesus Ferreira made more sense in this game because, particularly, how we were playing in the second half when we were sitting back more and we were allowing Iran to have a lot of possession. I would I would have thought you wanted a guy that was pressing more you know, getting up on these guys, giving the back line an outlet pass to relieve the pressure. And yeah, Haji Wright can do that in a holdup aspect, but I thought Jesus Ferreira, I typically think of him as more of the, you know, pacey, pressy guy that might yeah. have helped out. It's more similar to Sargent than what a Haji Wright is to me. Right, and I and I think the game needed more Sargent versus a change because I don't think they were doing well marking Sargent. Um, and not to get into the whole like, well, Pepe and Sibachu and all the guys that didn't make the like make the trip, right? Like that that conversation's over. Um, I I just thought like 
the sub there, the obvious choice was Ferreira, just to give them more of the same thing they weren't doing with well. Um, instead of a slower kind of plot, not plotting, I think Haji moves well, but, and then the ICM, I can't even get over that corner flag, man. To talk about somebody who did not go to the corner flag, who absolutely pushed the ball into the back of the net, Christian Pulisic, Captain America, Mr. 38th minute himself, right? Like has so like just a beautiful play, right? Like that's, we've talked about that build up to the goal three times now, but like when they show Des getting that pass on the right, Pulisic has two Iranian defenders in front of him. He just runs right in front of him to the perfect spot, finds there. He's not afraid to stick his nose in. And he goes home, you know, with the, I don't know, ended up in the hospital. I know a lot of people saw that picture of him, you know, like so proud of my fucking guys. Let's fucking do it. He's got the hospital, you know, Mm -hmm. sitting in a hospital bed and shit like that. And he says he's going to be ready for Saturday, which take that with a grain of salt. Of course, you know, right now with the adrenaline pumping, I'm sure he thinks he can play Saturday, but God, man, just so good from a guy we've been expecting good from for so long to get a great breakthrough moment like that. And, you know, he's he's been our best attacker this whole tournament, right? He's been the best attacker, I feel like, in most games that he's played in this tournament, right, between either team. He was the best attacker in the Wales game either side. He was the best attacker going up against England, I think, um, or close to it. That one you could probably have more of a debate about. And he was absolutely the most dangerous guy in the field today. Yeah, I think we've talked a little bit about the goal. Let's break down the goal a little bit. I just thought, yeah, I don't know. We've said enough about it. It was a beautiful pass by McKinney over the top to Dest, and Dest makes that cross in, and Christian's got some space to make up. He yep. is a few – he's a solid, what, five, six yards behind where that ball is played, and he just – little quick burst of pace gets in there, and he's surprisingly, like, pretty good with headers in the air you know like you think for like a smaller guy he wouldn't be but he's he's he scores big goals with headers for the u.s team man well and he and he just sticks his nose in right like i mean it wasn't exactly a clinical finish right like they're not going to be drawn i mean we'll we'll make artwork of that for sure but you know by definition like did he kind of just bundle the ball over the line and put his nose in the right spot Absolutely. But he makes that run, isn't afraid to just dive right into the keeper and try to make a play on the ball and gets rewarded for it. Just just a beautiful play. And I think for him, a big thing that I didn't think at the time, I, I you know, at the time I was just like, win, 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 win. And as I, a few hours later, was reflecting on the whole thing a bit more, it's a huge moment for him because this is a guy that, has been the face of U.S. soccer for the last, what, seven years or so now? Right, yeah. And, I mean, he's had big moments, obviously, of late in the CONCACAF Nations League and the CONCACAF Gold Cup, like with the big goals against Mexico. Those are huge moments. I don't mean to demean those moments. But when we think about the pantheon of attackers in u.s history the the two guys are always going to be compared to are donovan and dempsey dempsey obviously had the big goal uh early in the game at the 2014 world cup nutmeg finish early beautiful little samba dance oh my god yeah clint's got clint's got a bit of a catalog almost even of like big world cup goals he's obviously got the goal against england in 2010 too uh thanks rob page for that one 
Appreciate it. Well, that wasn't Rob Page. Rob Page. No, David. That's no, the no, no. that's that's the Wales goal. That's, that's the, the Wales coach. I don't know why he's. Thank in my you, head. Wales coach Rob Page. <laughs> Thank you for losing your two fixtures besides the U.S. But I, I don't remember the keeper's name. It was the guy who started over Joe Hart. But anyway, um, Clint Dempsey has a catalog of goals. Landon Donovan obviously has the huge goal against Algeria that sent us through in the final game, and like the same scenario as what we go had today. go USA. Yeah. Beautiful. So Ian those, those guys are like, you know, the that's that's the guys you're going to be compared to in the debate of U.S. attackers of all time. And today was his signature moment for Christian. Like that was his, that's his signature goal. And I don't know if we thought it as much as the time. It's a little bit less dramatic maybe per se. And the fact that it was in the 38th minute and it's in a World Cup that's in the wintertime and it's all just kind of weird. But that's when we look back and... 10 years or something that's going to be probably one of the goals that we remember when we think of Christian Pulisic in a U.S. uniform yeah I, I think it's absolutely I mean unless we can do something else here right a goal against the Netherlands yeah. would be his no no I, I'm just alluding to that but like an absolute signature moment right like the Donovan the, talk about the Donovan goal but right just like a gut busting run from Donovan right that play that ball's out on the right hand side gets played into Josie. Josie, a great kind of a great save by the keeper there for Algeria. But like, it's Donovan doing kind of that stereotypical American thing of running the extra mile, doing the extra thing, follow like, even the basketball thing of follow your shot, right? How <laughs> so many shoots you follow it in, cleans up the garbage, and it's um it's an amazing moment. Pulisic yeah. today did the equivalent of that when we needed it from the guy we needed it. Right. Like I, I love this team. We've talked about all the players and the leaders and stuff like that. This team, you know, like what they kind of say about the U S is true. Like this team will go as far as Pulisic can kind of take them. Cause he's really the person, the magic for these moments. Right. We have other great players who can do this, but the big man stepped up when we fucking needed it. Let's fucking go. Yeah. hundred percent. I just, for a guy specifically in Pulisic that, uh, as unfair as it is, because he was, what, 18, 19 at the time when we, like the thing, I don't even want it to be a thing, but the thing I remember a lot of the time when I think of him in the U.S., despite those things in the against Mexico, those triumphs against Mexico, I remember those for sure too. But like one of the thing, first things that pops into your head is him being sad in Trinidad and Tobago for not qualifying. Oh. So yeah. I think that for him, I was just really, really happy to see him have that big moment in a U.S. shirt because he, I, I think our team's improved a lot, but when you ask anybody abroad to name American players, the first person they're going to name is Christian Pulisic. He is the face of our team, and he's borne that responsibility for a while now, and he was bearing that responsibility at the time when we missed the World Cup and for him to have a big moment yeah. at a World Cup that sends us to the knockout rounds, the World Cup. I think that's huge for him. I think that's a just a really cool moment in U.S. soccer history, a, a bit of a redemption arc for a guy that was like a wonder boy and he's had a bit of an uneven everything since then, but really cool moment to me. 
Yeah, he he's someone you can definitely say at this point has a history of stepping up for the national team. Um, as a Chelsea fan, week in and week out, like the English media love to kind of play him down and where you know, oh, they're getting rid of him and something. You know, he's never good enough for the English media, right? Who's covering him most of the time? Well, nobody is. Nobody is. But he's so damn good, right? He's so damn good, and I just got me cussing on here a lot, right? Makes me. Brings out the passion in me. Um, jacked up today, man. Yeah, what a day. Uh, one one quick fix. It wasn't Rob Page. It was Rob Green with that. There uh, we go. I knew it was a Rob. So, no, no, you were so close. It was like, uh, what's the most English name you could think of? Like Robert Page? Like, yeah. What's the second most English name? I don't know. Robert Green? Like, yep, you got it. Um, but no, just just a beautiful moment. I, I hope to God he's able to play and give his all um, Saturday because – He's earned it, man. He's mm-hmm. he's earned a moment of international respect. For sure. And yeah, I was just super thrilled for him because it hasn't gone, I think, to plan over the last few years with the move to Chelsea and stuff. And obviously the U.S. not making the 2018 World Cup was not at all to plan. Mm-hmm. And he's a guy that was, we, we put him on a pedestal very, very early in his career and I don't mean to say he's not good. He's still very, very good. I think we all believe that. But it was just nice to see him have a really good moment to me. And, yeah, it's sending the U.S. on. And I I think it's going to, like I said, when we look back, I think it's going to be in that pantheon with some of those other goals I referenced before. Um, But, yeah, just super pumped for Christian just as a fan of him. Yeah, I mean, what a guy. Just so excited about it. Another guy really kind of making a name for himself again on the international stage after kind of a hot young prospect start and kind of settling into being a good everyday player, right? A reliable player. Tim Weah out on the right, man. Like, we've talked a lot about Gio Reyna should be in the side. We've talked a lot about Brendan Aronson should be starting on the right because he starts to lead. You can't give away Tim Weah's position. He's been one of our best attackers, man. You can't take him off the field. Yeah, we can We can do the Wea versus Aronson versus Reyna conversation in a second, but I think we really have to just take a second to talk about Tim Wea because to me, he's been one of our best attackers in every single game. He's been noticeable every single game. He's effective on the press. He made a couple really nice plays of like flicking it around defenders and stuff today. And he's an outlet. He's, doing so much right he's putting dangerous balls into the box he's getting chances I know today he didn't convert on a couple chances that you would have liked to like particularly that two-on-one with like him and Sargent and he passes it back to Sargent and I'm like I need you one of you two have to shoot that ball and that was a bit bad and he had the one that popped out to him and he tried to hit it like off a little like bounce off a kind of half volley sort of not really I don't know the technical term if English people listen to it they'll call me an idiot but he put that over the bar and they're just yeah. as good at soccer as we are, Spencer. You can just make up whatever name you want. <laughs> You're right. Beat You're us right. in the World Cup, assholes. But <laughs> <laughs> it's a great point. But uh, my point being nonetheless that he was in and around a lot of things good for the US today, again, as he has been the other two games before this. And Look, I, I've been on this podcast. I've told you, but I've been on this podcast even saying that I thought Gio Reyna would be 
vital to particularly this game today with the way the Iranians typically set up. And Tim Way was good today, man. Like I, even before the game, when the lineup came out and I didn't see Geo in there, a I didn't expect it because the way things have gone so far. But B, I, I got to the point of I was defending Greg's choice, like to people. Yeah. I had a guy, I got a guy on Twitter like message me, being like, "How is Geo not starting?" And I was like, "Look, the midfield's all playing good." They're not going to run a false nine for the first time in a must-win game at the World Cup. You're not taking Christian out, and Tim Way has been really good. I, I I can't I can't argue with Greg. I would love trust me. I love. I don't think Greg's the best manager in the world. I criticize a lot of things he does, but I I don't know. I can't find a way to take Tim Way out of this team. Can you? No, and and just that like that burst of pace from the forward position, right? He kind of all everybody else on that team, like Sargent's making runs, Pulisic's cutting into the middle. For the most part, Wea is out on that right side. You can count on where he's going to be. He combines really well with Dest and Weston and Musa, right? And like he just gets the ball down the wing, man. Like a couple of times, like they had him in like that right corner and he'd try to like do a little too much or spin or something like that, right? There was one he went out of bounds uh, where he basically had the guy one on one when he tried to do a quick spin move. Yeah. But like, he puts in such a re- he puts in such a nice ball from out on the right too. I think it's kind of the thing that gets lost in all of his stuff. And then when he does come to the middle, they almost had another goal like they had against the Wales in the Wales game, right? Where Pulisic picks up a ball in the middle and Wea just makes a faster than anything diagonal run across the back line and he pokes it through on goal. And like outside of that one, the only really like thing you could criticize Wea for today and maybe his quietest game right this was maybe not his best game but that's because he's been excellent excellent in other games right was when the ball fell to him and he took a header when he had more time yeah and I don't even think quietest is fair it was in some ways I think his loudest game because he was in and around everything that just the the final finish wasn't there respectfully his loudest game is when he scores in the world cup yeah, that, I, I, no, no, and I know what you mean, but <laughs> I'm saying more that he was in and around so many chances today. Uh, it was very uh, Darwin Nunezy, where they're in on everything, but the final result isn't always there. Is kind of how I felt about it at, at the end of the day. But just obviously, he had the one he finished. He did finish the one that was offside, and that was marginally offside. It was a beautiful oh, diagonal run. We didn't like, talk about that yet. Yeah, yeah. That was it. Oh. Was another beautiful, like you know, diagonal run in behind with a beautiful ball. I can't. Re- Tyler Adams made a beautiful move in the midfield, and I can't to remember open who that he, up. Yeah, yeah. And I can't remember who he released it to because I just washed it from my memory because I was sad that it didn't count. But whoever <laughs> he gave it to made a beautiful through ball to wea who made a beautiful diagonal run and another really nice finish it was it was basically a carbon copy almost of the goal that he scored against wales except for you know his left shoulder blade was three inches offside but whatever it was i i thought he was in and around a lot of things good for the u.s today and i was i i i feel the same way i don't know how we take him out of the team necessarily yeah, I, and and I mean more just that like if this is his quietest game, this is the hot this is the hot lineup right now. You can't mess with this, right? Um, even in the second half, just to kind of talk about 
subs a little bit, right? Aronson comes out at halftime, and I think Aronson's the more natural replacement for what Christian gives us rather than Geo. Geo gives us something incredibly different, right? Um, uh, uh, an element we don't really have otherwise, but Aronson stepped in really well for Christian, right? He wasn't as dynamic, but um, moving the ball well with Robinson, combining there, I, I thought he played well on the left. Um, but yeah, any other thoughts on, on Aronson there? I thought it was a little uneven. Like he had some good moments. He had some tough moments, but it's even when he's not totally at it, his work rate's so good that he's getting back and interrupting it. Like if he does give the ball away, he's getting back and he's interrupting a counterattack. So in general, I'll take a 50% Brennan Aronson over a lot of guys, but like just an interesting aside, say if, if Christian's not able to play on Saturday, I mean, is that the only way we see Geo potentially, or do you think he goes back to Aronson right away at that starting I, spot? I think I think the first point there is that we already literally had this opportunity of if Christian can't play, who goes in right at the half, and he picked Aronson. I would agree, but my point, my only counterpoint to that, I should say, would be that. We had a lead in this game. We didn't need a goal in this game. Well, we would have liked another goal, and I can see very much an argument that it would have made more sense to put. I, and trust me, I love Brendan Aronson, but I could have seen an argument of let's put Geo in a little bit more offensively dynamic, and we can save Aronson for the 60th minute or whatever it was when you put Kellen Acosta in and put him into the midfield. I don't think bringing in Aronson is like a negative, like a negative move by Greg, but it is with an eye to okay. Well, who are we going to want pressing? Who are we going to want doing the things that Aronson does incredibly well? And we just really haven't seen Reyna do. Like for all the things we know Reyna can do, right? The thing I don't know that he does really well is press, and it's the thing Aronson does the best, right? Is pressure the ball, come back up with it, and everything else there. Well, one of the arguments would be that we haven't gotten to see Geo do anything at this tournament, really. He's, I'm saying he's played in other. I'm not just talking about this tournament. I'm saying other games, right? If you want, right. if you want, if you're listing USMNT wingers and attackers as who's better at pressing, right? Off the top of my head, Pulisic, Aronson, Wea, Jesus Ferreira, Josh Sargent, then maybe Reyna, right? And that's without really knowing all the Haji Wright shit and you know that kind of thing. Um, like, I hate to say, like, I wouldn't, I would not have, I would have brought in Aronson, right? If I'm in the same position, it's like, we need an energetic ball winner who can still give us a lot of quality in the third. Cause I don't want anybody getting confused and thinking like Aronson doesn't have quality, can't score goals, can't pick a pass and can't do these things because he does it for leads. He does it at an equally high level to Reyna and he does it, he plays more. Right. And I know that a lot of that's injury and everything else like that, but I don't want it to seem like rain or uh, Brendan Aronson's this incapable offensive player. He's a very good offensive player. Right. hundred percent. And that's not me. To, I, I love Brendan Aronson. I think he's very, very good. I very much appreciate everything he does. I, I think it's more to say that my point is when you get past that MMA midfield, the options are, a lot slimmer because it seems like Greg's unwilling to use a Luca De La Torre, who I think always looks good when he pulls a U.S. shirt mm-hmm. on. His Sorry. first guy to go to is Weston, Mc, Weston McKinney is well, Kellen Acosta. 
Yeah, Aronson and Acosta. Well, yeah, Aronson, if you use him that way. So I'm the, saying. It becomes the alcoholics and it becomes the uh, AAA midfield <laughs> of, uh, God, I hope your car's working okay. <laughs> but yeah, I, I more see, I more mean to say that I think that if you use Reyna as a winger, which is the only way it seems like we would, we will use him, that that allows you to keep Aronson as a midfield substitution in that scenario. And I think that when we bought him in as a midfielder to replace McKinney, he's been quite effective and more effective than a Kellen Acosta. Absolutely. I like, so kind of just to get back to what we were talking about there. Right. So I, I think, right. Just for me at the 45, bringing Aronson on was the right move. Right in the, what, 60th minute, whatever it was, and it was time to get McKenney out of the game, I think they should, that's when I think they should have brought on Reyna, right? I'm not, I wasn't for him subbing at the half because I think you need that Aronson energy because Pulisic is great in the press and everything else there, right? Um, I think that would have been the time to bring on Reyna for McKenney, put Reyna up in the attack, and let Aronson kind of take the normal midfield role, and that would have been a more normal pattern of play right for the u.s because i think that's another part of it too is just like this has literally worked in every game right yeah i i would have liked that also i completely agree with you i would have preferred that move to acosta and yeah i don't know the the reign of things weird i don't know i don't want to get super into it but the reign of things just weird man yeah i don't the the more the more usa we watch and the more tim Weah plays out of his mind at a level nobody saw like even the biggest Tim Weah fans didn't see it be going this well right that he's keeping Brendan Aronson and Gia Reyna at bay right like the dream is we have too much talent right that <laughs> we can't fit them all into one side right the U.S. has never had that problem um but yeah and I don't know if you want to give a little bit I know we touched on it the other day, but just in case they missed it, a little bit of background about all the Reina, why we're talking about like the Geo Reina weirdness and some of the conspiracy stuff. Yeah, just the, there was a report from uh, Eric Winalda, the former U.S. national team member, that when he was talking to Claudio Reina, they were saying that this, that Greg was saying Geo's injured and. Gio's not really injured, but Greg's asking Gio to go along with he's injured, and that's I, I don't know. It's just a it's all it's all really weird scenario, and I, I don't know. I I don't love the drama, but I don't, the team spirit seems really good. I, I don't know. I didn't even see a camera ever pan to Gio Reyna today, so no. I don't know if he's looking poopy pants on the bench, but. Thankfully, we had enough drama in the actual soccer game today that we weren't constantly yeah. panning to Giovanni. Let's bring it back to that a little bit, unless you've got anything else to touch on with Reyna and the subs. But from the 65th minute on, I must have, but I didn't breathe or blink. I know that for a fact. I did not breathe. I did not blink. I was edge of my seat, all hopes and fears as I ran pushed in the second half. Right, and this is where it kind of comes down to we're not, you know, tactical geniuses or anything. We don't profess to be that much. But Iran flipped a switch to be like, it, it seemed to me very clearly that uh, Carlos Cordero's game plan was like coming into the second half when they were down 1-0. We're going to continue to play the same way. 
until the 60 minute mark. And at 60 minutes, then we're going to be more positive. We're going to try to drive more possession. We're going to start just bombing balls into the box, trying to make their back line uncomfortable. A bit more like how Wales kind of did with Kiefer Moore in that first game that we talked about. Mm -hmm. They just... They seemed like they were just going to turn things up a lot more and stop sitting back and push up. And I don't think we did the best job of adapting to that necessarily. I think we really struggled to link anything at that point. We were just bombing balls away. Um, but we survived, and I, I can't be too critical. Um, <laughs> one thought I had that, they again, I think the Fox broadcast is super pie in the sky a lot of the time with the U.S. team. But one thing they said that I thought was like had some merit, held some water was the U.S. deals with teams doing that to them a lot in CONCACAF because they're driving play and mm-hmm. they're you know, it, like if we're at, say, a Costa Rica or a El Salvador or a Jamaica and they're up by a goal or they're, they have a draw late in the game that's what they're doing to us. So we very much are familiar with those things. We seemed a bit hardened from the qualification process. I guess I mean to say that we've picked up on some conkacaf things and we know how to be conkacaf when we need to at times. Yeah. The, 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 I mean, they bring up like the dark arts and it's like, yeah, man, it's not Honduras. It's not Honduras who I long have just been like, I don't know how this incredible nation of overachievers even like plays with us regularly. And there's always some crazy thing with the pitch and fouls and everything. Like Honduras is just like my personal bugaboo. I'm just like, you guys should lose eight nil to us in Mexico every time. And they just really fight. So to have Iran trying to go down at every foul and it's like, we've seen all that, man. Like this is in a stadium with lights and technology and fans. Like, we play in Honduras and there are like cows watching and not even a stadium. And like they're going down and just getting random calls from sent, you know, a guy from Venezuela roughing the game. Like you yeah, can't, you're like, you can't out Honduras, Honduras. I they're really like, like, sir, I've we're sitting there like Walker Zimmerman's just like, sir, I've done this in a cornfield. You think this is going to bother me? Yeah. I play in. Um, that's another thing to make sure to bring up like Walker Zimmerman comes in they go to a five at the back very negative but trying to kill off the game which is the right move right for Greg to go five at the back with Shaq Moore who we will discuss at some point like I, I think right we've move. I think we shat on Shaq Moore enough he didn't yeah. do things we liked we didn't love the sub let's just let the guy live <laughs> <laughs> we won the game he was a valued contributor um, but like Walker Zimmerman coming in and all of a sudden we have that presence as they really tried to put balls into the box, right? But what were your exact thoughts as the ball goes through Matt Turner's legs? Because I, I, nothing I can repeat on air. <laughs> um, my exact thoughts were probably something similar to like this noise, like. <laughs> Until that ball was cleared away, then I was like, oh, okay. And then I, I don't know. Like, we've referenced the dark arts thing, dude. I, trust me, I get it. I understand. Like, like we said, we see this stuff with CONCACAF all the time. Iran is just, they'd fit right in in CONCACAF, man. Holy hell. They're just kind of, yeah, they're, they're just asking for penalty. Well, I remember, let's, let's go with this first. I saw the other day that like Jurgen Klinsmann is getting killed, which, 
you know, I don't have a ton of nice to say about your. No, it sounds okay I, so far. I don't know what you're. I guess he's on. <laughs> I guess he's on a British TV station. Um, of one so. of them. Where, where, they, doing, where they keep all the really smart people with fun yeah stuff exactly yeah but he's doing some form of punditry the former U.S. M&T manager and I guess he went really hard in on Iran at some point like really hard and I guess some people took it as like a cultural thing he basically talked about their football culture being a bit negative and as in from a play style and that they are very well versed in the dark arts and stuff. And he went really hard at Carlos Cordero, like really, really hard. God. <laughs> that was the it's, only part. It's, I, uh, it's Carlos Quiraz. Quiraz. It's not Cor- Cordero's the guy who used to be in the, uh, Carlos Cordero's the guy who used to be uh, uh, Sepp Blatter's like right hand man. I have to, yeah. The FIFA documentaries too. No, you're, you're good. I just, I caught that. Earlier, I you're right. Corrective, but you're right. Sorry. Keep going, yeah, catch me yeah. earlier next time. An idiot. But he, he went really in on Carlos Quiroz. <laughs> Quiroz. <did>, um, <laughs> he was really critical of him and just saying that they are really in tune with the dark arts and stuff. And I guess he got a lot of flack for it. Cause a lot of people took it as kind of xenophobic from like a cultural standpoint. I took it from a footballing standpoint and I can't say I disagree with him as far as they like the penalties they're asking for. And they asked for the one on Shaq Moore. I don't even think it touched his arm. And even if it did, it no. was like bought completely by a side. I think it touched the Iranian players. arm. Yes. It, like, it, yeah. Me. That's the thing. It's like, yeah, we can give you a handball goal kick, Matt Turner. Yeah. Go ahead, bud. Boot that thing up the field. I was yeah. like, exactly that, that one. one. Oh, and then, and then the, the one with the one with Cameron Carter Vickers and which they were like scaring me on the broadcast. Oh, well, and that one, that one had all the feel of a, like, when a, when it's a borderline call on a on a ball strike thing and uh like i was like the um, the fun call here for the umpire to make is to point to the spot and have mm-hmm. everybody lose their minds myself included yeah i'd cry right? that's the fun thing is to point to the spot here like the ref was consist like i don't know uh, goods a stretch but like consistently not giving people their bullshit i i appreciate it <laughs> and i'm I have complaints about that ref. We don't have to do ref talk, but he has done city games in the Champions League before. I think he might have done us versus the Champions uh, League final. Did he? Is yeah. that the same ref? I have nice things to say about him. Okay, I'm sure you do. But I think he <laughs> he might have done one of the games with us with Atletico Madrid last year, and mm-hmm. or no, he couldn't have. He's a Spanish ref. Somebody, he did a game. Yeah. He did a game against with us in the Champions League against somebody who was super dark artsy at some point over the last couple of years, and I've been very frustrated with him in the past. I thought like there was the one like the knee into Sargent's back that he didn't call. He was letting a lot go, and it, but it was pretty consistent. And yeah. had he pointed to the spot on that one on uh, CCV, I would have lost my mind because CCV just you know touched his shoulder and the guy's falling over. So I, I don't know, but it's more for me to say that. Iran is very in tune with the dark arts. Like when the final whistle went, they were yelling at the referee, the whole sidelines, like sitting up on the edge of the pitch, like yelling at the referee in their training outfits and stuff like, man, this team, which like, uh, I mean, very cockacafy. It felt very much like an away game at hot. I felt felt right. I felt right at home. Um, But like they, that, that is what you do in a close game with a penalty. You go and you scream at the ref, right? Like, if it was flipped around, I would have been pissed if Greg just like shook Carlos's hand and walked off the pitch, right? You want the big reaction. 
I understand why he can probably go in the press conference and say like, we should have got two penalties. This is dog, you know, that kind of thing. Um, I'd understand, I guess maybe, but he's wrong. They should. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> he's wrong. I'm saying like in his self-interest, you blow up at the ref, you go in the press conference and you, you know, you make it seem like a whole big thing because that's basically you just being like, well, we did everything we can do. And part of that, like I ran playing negatively and stuff like that. That is the proper strategy for this game. If it was flipped around, I would not have really wanted the U.S. to attack nearly as much as they did. Um, just because like you need to play smart in these in the in the group stages, right? You need to do what you need to do to get out, right? And whether that's suffer through a bad 90 minutes of soccer and move on to the round of 16 and get glory for your country, that is the right thing. So I, I don't I don't fault them for the dark arts when you're losing in a game. That's what you do. I fault them for how much they did it. And honestly, they got to get a little bit better at it if they want to get it to Honduras's level. Um, but like, yeah, I, I the ref was not great today. He was consistent in not giving anybody's real bullshit too much thought, right? Like he barely handed out a card, right? Like there are things to be critical of, but like in the big moment, he doesn't give the bullshit handball. He doesn't give the tap on the shoulder from CCV. Like, we could be, we could very easily with a uh, more flimsy ref be having a sad boy pod right now, which we are not having. We are having a glorious happy pod. And this has is, been a great vibes pod. Great vibes. Yeah, I'm with you. I just think overall at the end, I just thought it was look, if you want to ask for the penalty and stuff and you want to be annoyed, I think there are times after the game to go and yell at a referee. I thought South Korea's manager yelling oh at gosh. Anthony Taylor, like we talked earned. about yesterday, earned. completely earned. But if you have ever watched a game of soccer and you thought either of those were a penalty, then I, I'll just tell you straight Congrats. to your face. Congratulations on being from Iran. You're wrong. Like, You're wrong. Yeah, like, it's a hometown call. That's what you wanted. Right, like, it's not even a hometown call. I, like I, if that happened to the U.S., that's not a penalty. I would not, I would not be sitting here on this podcast and things knock on our. If they'd gone the exact opposite way, I would not be sitting here being like that was a potential penalty. It would have only been a potential penalty, and that the broadcast may have referenced it as that, and I would have seen right. a replay and just been like, "There's nothing there in either of those." Well, you're you're you may be a better man than I. I don't know that I would. It's hard to take off the USMNT like rose-colored glasses, right? With other teams, it's very easy to be objective about things and try to be balanced. But like, this is our country, right? Like, if I can think they earned a penalty, I should think they earned a penalty. Um, but you know, like, fast forward to some horrible thing happening on Saturday, and me and you absolutely have a conniption here, um, <laughs> which could happen. But we are in the round of sixteen. We're going against a very strong Dutch side, right? That's played pretty well out of group A, which is a group of losers that no one could have possibly predicted correct outside of both of us nailing the Netherlands to go through, which I think is the important thing to talk about from our group A predictions. 100%. And we both nailed the US versus Netherlands fixture. And we both nailed group B in that we picked England first, USA second. So we're doing something right. We just, you know, didn't get, we both, I think, wrote Senegal completely off, but oopsie. Well, and, and Ecuador had their chances. So close. We don't have to. We'll we'll talk yeah, we, more about there, this later. That will come up at some point. But, like, it's just been – I mean, a great game today, a lot of fun. Like, this team is fun is the other thing, like, I hope people are, like, picking up on, right? This team, like, generally seems to enjoy playing together. We have fun players, right? Like, 
we're not going to go out to get our ass kicked Saturday. We're going to go mm-hmm. out and try to play. I think they'll be quite competitive. I, I think we'll have a preview, like we said, later in the week. But in a vacuum, I think that the English are better than the Dutch right now. And we played quite good against the English. So I think we have a chance to play quite good against the Dutch. That's kind of all I have on it right now. Uh, I think probably Virgil van Dyke is scared in his boots that Josh Sargent uh, might not be injured. He's sitting there like, thank God, if I have to deal with Josh Sargent for 90, I'm going to get ruined. Right. And I think that I also was sitting there today and I was like, man, we were thinking about like we had this pod plan tonight. And I was like, do we do a preview tonight for the Netherlands game? And I was like, man, it took me. I sat here for like six months just focusing on England and Iran and (laughs) Wales there's no way that in like two hours I can formulate enough about this Netherlands game. So it's coming to you guys on Friday when we do all the rest of the uh, groups. We'll we'll spend probably our most time on that fixture and we'll dive into all the other ones as well. But the U.S. is there. They're dancing, baby. We are dancing. We are in the Sweet 16. We are part of the soccer elite, as always should be. Um but unless you got anything else to kind of touch on here, Spencer, I think we are about ready to get out of here, man. Just overall, a great performance from the U.S. I think for the most part, Greg kind of pushed all the right buttons. And we are sitting here going through to the knockout round. Yeah, 100%. I think we've been Tim Creeman enough on this podcast, so we can get out of here. Be back with you guys Friday. Lots more. Eh, maybe positive U.S. talk. I guess I feel okay. I'm I'm the positive, I'm the positive Paulie of this podcast, though. So we'll see how I'm feeling by Friday. If I'm in a bad mood, then Andrew might be really dour about this game coming. No, up. I feel like it'll be a yin yang, right? If I'm feeling great about it, if you're down about it, I'll have to step up and bring the positivity. But either way, step we in. are we are in we're in the money. If you think of it that way, like we did our job. There's no disappointment right now. I think that. Just one quick thing is that um, I think if you looked at this tournament before, obviously circumstances change and stuff, but we said in our predictions, you know, just a little while back that we expected this fixture to happen. We both picked the Dutch to beat the U.S., but we said, both of us, that we'd be, we would consider this tournament a success if that was to happen. So I think uh, you can make an argument the U.S. is playing with house money, but that does not at all mean that. I won't be critical of them, and I want this to stop. I want it to keep going as long as possible. It was a crazy thought today, wasn't it? That it was like, I don't know if it set in for you. It set in for me of like before the game that this is a lot of fun, and this could just be it today. Like this could just <laughs> this could just be over before I feel like it's even started. I'm having so much fun, and that's still the case going into Saturday. But we get at least a few more days, man, and let's let's see how long this horse can kick, baby. Yeah, I will keep it going. The only other thing I would say to keep your eye on uh, between now and our next pod is Josh Sargent and Christian Pulisic. We will get you, and their injury status. We will keep you guys completely updated as we always do on our social media with Fish Fries Pod. You will see podcasts coming down the pipe here to talk about the rest of um, kind of before we get into the group stages on Saturday. Stages. Yeah, that's recap the group stage talk about the stages there's a reason you usually do this but uh i am super happy to be sitting with you here today go go usa christian pulisic goal we are through to the next round spencer
Let's do it, man. Can't wait to see where this train takes us, my friend. Chew, chew. Thanks, buddy. Take it easy, pal. See you guys Friday.